that just shot that cop in the face. I was like, that was. I was like, so like, what? What about it? I feel like it just shouldn't have been in the movie, or like it should have been taken differently. I feel like that was wasn't how. Why, like, why do you think it should have been taken differently? Because, like, I feel like realistically that would, like, not happen. Because they had the conversation by, like, the water. And then they go to the, he goes to the protest, looks him in the face, and just, like, shoots him in the face. And I can get that you're angry about it, but I just feel like. Some people would do that. In Some real life would. situation, I feel like in the atmosphere, that just is going to drop a lot more bodies than the two bodies that would have just dropped. The little kid and the officer. Because I feel like the cops would just start shooting. Period. Then it wasn't the officer black too. No, I think he was white. Are you sure? I but thought I, I thought it was he was at the protest and the black man was telling him like, "Hey, like you need to get home. It's getting dangerous." And the black, and the kid looked at him and shot him. I don't remember who. I don't remember. That. I just remember the. I just remember like looking up and the little kid was like bang, and I was like, "Oh, what the heck?" Because <laughs> I know that mechanic was mad because he was probably cleaning the limb. Yeah, and then his kid ended up dying. I was like, "Damn!" Didn't they? Yeah, yeah, that was pretty bad. I'm not gonna lie to you. But yeah, there was at dance clubs and stuff. I was like, "Are y'all not supposed to be on the run?" Niggas can have fun. I'm not saying they can, but they could have gotten somewhere safer. Also, I just what would you have done? I would have gotten to the plane. First of all, I would have asked a white couple what the person looks like. I think they sent them to the right guy. No, they didn't. They didn't. No, that guy just. So it just happened to be there. He just happened to show up. And then, because he didn't even know the plane was going to be there. Oh, yeah. He, he just called the it. cops and the cops brought the plane. So they assumed that that was their plane. Mm. So, no, he, they had no idea who they were meeting. That's tough. Yeah, they set him up from the beginning. I was like, that shit's crazy. The black man set him up. Yeah. We call those types Uncle Ruckus's. <laughs> Damn, that I was like, that shit's crazy. Because I low-key thought they were going to get away with it, too. They should have. I mean, yeah, to be fair, they didn't really... It was self-defense. They really didn't break a law, but given the fact of, like, the same color and stuff, I could understand why they were on the run. But, yeah, I was like, damn, that shit's... That was crazy. Great album, too. Fantastic. Megan Stallion's on it. Little Baby. Who else is on there? Um, Earth Sizzle. Gang? Uh, no, Sizz is not on there. Earth Gang, yeah. Six Lack, I think. I had a couple songs. Six Lack. That man's name is Black. Black. That man's man's name is Black. Yeah, that was that was tough. Anyway, it's your boy Jay Dizzy. We here with Morgan. That was ugly. So bad. (laughs) Unexpected too. You gotta tell somebody about that. Well, now you know. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. But. Um, today, we're talking about you know crazy white folks. Do you have any encounters with white white people? <laughs> okay, bad encounters with white people. Bad and good. We're gonna talk about the. Let's talk about the good first. So, what's your insight on white people? Okay, so I thought when I moved here because I'm originally from Houston, and then I went to Sam Houston, and then I just moved here to Beaumont. I thought it was white people were gonna be way worse than the way they are now. Like, I thought they were going to be, like, super, like, spitting your face because it's Southeast Texas. Yeah. <laughs> but they turned out to be, like, regular-ass white people. Yeah. And there aren't many here on campus either, like, at all. No, there's not. But, like, the people in my department, there's, like, a couple of white people. But they're very, like, chill. Like, I call those, like, willing to have the conversation white people because mm-hmm. they know that their past hasn't been <laughs> too friendly. <laughs> kind of like they only do it out of pity. To us. Yeah, but, I mean, a lot of them are just, like, willing to have a conversation. They're just like, damn, I know that our ancestors were in the wrong and slavery was a bad thing. So I'm willing to make reparations. I have a white friend, and during Black History Month, he sent me money. He was like, <laughs> this is for the reparations. I was like, damn. How much did he send you? $15. Hey. That's a meal. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, got to eat. Yeah. Um, you got to... I don't, I don't know what your friend's ethnicity is, but I know you be over her apartment or her crib. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. She's from, like, like the Middle East. Oh. Yeah, no, she's not white. Does she have any opinion on everything that's going on? Um, or y'all don't really talk about that? Because no, I know not a lot of people talk about We politics. do. We talked about the uh, case because, like, for the longest, a lot of people were calling it, like, the George Floyd case. And I was mm-hmm. like, nah, he's dead. That's not his case. Anymore. That's not a case. That's the officer's case. 
and she was talking about it. Um, so yeah, we always keep in like social issues. It's really big in our department because we're mostly minorities and stuff or POCs. Yeah. So we always are willing to like sit down and have conversations and stuff about it. And our teacher is black. And so she's always like, you guys need to know like the black national anthem and like all these black signs just in case you could like have black deaf people that, you know, only know black ASL. Mm-hmm. So we're always having. So there's a difference between like normal ASL and black ASL or. Yeah, I just did a project over it, too. It's crazy. So like like a long, a long time ago, because segregation wasn't that long ago but during segregation um they had two different like schools so they had like negro um <clears throat> deaf and blind schools and they had like white deaf and blind schools so during segregation black people basically made up like like aav mm-hmm. so then deaf people they have like um vernacular too so it's a really cool experience that um i got to learn about but yeah she's always like making sure that we that we're cultured and our experiences because you never know who we're going to meet when we interpret yeah that is true and you said i remember before you said you want to work at disney where can you remind me where again now it is that you want to do yeah so i still would like to go to disney um which is in florida but they're not accepting anybody due to covid so i think i'm just going to stay here in austin and then work my way up to like the dmv area like uh dc maryland virginia mm-hmm. um because that there's a lot of african-american like people up there too so i like to work my way up there um mississippi too because they have like mississippi school for the deaf which is mainly predominantly black um but yeah i'd like to make my rounds and make sure everyone's staying educated and staying you know um have black interpreters that look like them and stuff like that so i think that's pretty important yeah, it'd probably be easier for them to like connect with because yeah, I know, like me, sure. whenever I lived in like Frisco, um, if I went to like a class or something, or even at my old school that was in Arkansas, um, at a, it was like ninety five percent white people there. I go into a class and I see like one black person in there. Oh, I'm gonna go sit. I'm gonna go sit next <laughs> to them. Instantly, nah, like we gonna be friends because it's me and you. Exactly. you know what I'm saying until like they like we know what how they move, how they are. It, yeah. It's gonna be me and you. But even if you don't know, like, even if you think you know how someone moves, because I think, I don't even know when George died, but, like, when that movement hit, you thought, like, your white friends would be like, okay, so you understand what we're going through. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, no. Yeah. He was on drugs and stuff. And I'm like, what are you talking about? That like, literally has nothing to do with the fact that this man kneeled on his neck for nine minutes. It's all. so crazy. Like, when you think someone is your friend or, like, you think that you associate with these different people because you think you have the same beliefs. Mm-hmm. And then stuff like that happens and you're like, we are not on the same page about this at all. Literally. So I remember um, one of my white friends, um, I don't really talk to him that as often now, but I remember we used to talk about it all the time. He was like, oh, yeah, like I understand. Um, I can't. Or he, he said, I can't like really um, like elaborate or know like what you're going through right. or anything with everything that's going on. And, you know, he was one of those people. OK, well, he was on drugs. So like, what if? And I was like, no, that still doesn't justify. It. And yeah. then there was like a like a bullshit study that came through like it said like george floyd's car was on so the exhaust from the car could have um caused him to die and i was like like that that, they came out like a week ago i saw him like on twitter or something like it was dumb and i was like brother he sent that to me and was like this also could justify why he's died and the the cop prop technically didn't do anything it could have been the cop and i was like that doesn't make any fucking sense no it doesn't at at all all. (laughs) like you see him on his neck he's saying he cannot breathe right and everything, but he continues to kneel there. That's why he got three counts. Like Exactly. And guilty for all of them, as he should. Yes, as he should. But yeah, no, I was actually just talking about that with my friend. And I was like, he's either going to be in, like, the highest security, like, where all the rich white people go, mm-hmm. or he's going to die. Yeah. So he's either going to get shanked by somebody, targeted. or he's going to be in, like, high security, where, like, nothing's going to matter. He's going to have a TV, nice comfy bed. Yeah. Make sure police are next to him at all times. I saw another thing uh, kind of, you know, relating to that on Twitter. I don't know if it was the there was a case. I don't know if it was the 13 year old boy that was shot in the alley or if it was the girl with a knife. It was one of the recent cases. It could have been another case where a cop was set on. He They were on leave because of the incident and they put barricades around their, their home, the cop's home. There was two cop cars sitting in the driveway and everything. And then 
there's another case and then a, like a kind of like a case that kind of related to but not really mm-hmm. like a um a black cop it was a black woman um she did something i don't know if she arrested a dude or something but like something kind of kind of like it right. happened and she even said like hey they're gonna like they're targeting me can i get some type of support or anything right. and they didn't help her at all like they just said there's nothing we can do yeah, that's crazy it's it's so crazy like i Sometimes I like look and I'm like, this this is happening right now. Like, yeah, this, this is the real life, yeah, this real like, world. This is, like, we're not waking up tomorrow and being like, oh no, everything's fine. Like, this isn't like some like you know article or something that you read or like right. that you hear about. This is like dead ass. This is yeah. actually happening. It was just crazy. And like now, like when I see people who are like, oh, America's the greatest country ever. Like, I I'm, is like, it really though? I'm like, that's such a red flag for me. <laughs> if a guy like messages me. And he's like, America. anything like American flag-ish, I'm just like, there's no way you can love your country this much and be okay with what's happening in it. Yes. Like that, I'll never understand that. And then there's like some people that are like, oh, support our troops. You know, you need to stand for the pledge. And I'm like. The same ex- pledge that like put our people in the front lines just to be killed. Exactly. And then have to come back to the States and they still got to sit at the back of the bus. They still have to go to Negro only stores and Deal stuff. With and I'm segregation, like, still get exactly. beat by the cops, all that. I'm like, y'all, I just feel like white people just never understand. Yeah. And that's so sad and like so disheartening to like to hear and like to understand. But like it's something that they will probably never understand. Literally. And another thing that I want to add on to that. Um. People are like whenever we like bring these like hard okay not to us hard talk but they feel like it's like a hard topic <laughs> to talk about it's not really right. but they'd be like okay that happened so long ago like get over it first of all I can't talk to people that that think like that <laughs> at all and on top of that I'll I, I hit them with a counter argument oh a slave get over it get over nine eleven period get over it like your dad died your dad, get over it tough oh well he died in Afghanistan That's it was a genocide. That's on him. Like, y'all still beefing with, like, come on, bro. And they'll be like, how could you stay that and stay in this country? It's like, bro, y'all literally will throw rocks at us. Not not rocks. Will boo us, throw things at us when we kneel for the Pledge of Allegiance. Exactly. Like, come on. It's not. It's it's so insane how much, like, pride they take into this country and, like, don't even know what's going on. Yeah. So uh, another thing. So the people that I stay with. Um, I, I don't know if you knew, but I stay with white people and that kind of like I don't have a total negative connotation on white people because they took care of me and right. my sister when we were younger when my mom was working, going to school and everything. So we stay over there when my mom would like work overnight, late hours, trying to help us would eat over there. So I've known them like from second grade all the way up to now. Mm-hmm. And so um, I so my mom lives in California. So right. whenever I go home and I don't go see her, I stay with them because like here I have all my connections, like mm-hmm. football and everything else. So um, I remember when the election was around, man, you already know how that went. <laughs> and um, I don't know if you remember how I used to tell you about my ex, how she's like political science. Right. Her, like the dad, strong, strong supporter of Trump. Wow. All the wife does is just sit there and listen and back him up because she doesn't know what the hell's going on. Right. The daughter is um, she's actually a strong feminist and she's she's just like she's just like you. She's just like my ex and then my ex. She'll her and the dad will go at it, but like they won't (laughs) yell at each other. They'll keep it like professional, but they'll go back and forth at it. And I think the biggest thing that he like um, that really stood out like with that that really hit me whenever I was staying with them. It's like, how can you try to, I remember there was a conversation we were at lunch. He was telling me like, Oh, I can't imagine what you're going through. Um, with the whole case that's going on. Like, what's his name? What's his name? What's his name? How you say you support me and everything. You don't even know George Floyd's name. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and on top of that, like you voting for Trump, knowing all the bad things that he said about minorities and women. Come on. Like the cons outweigh the pros. Yeah, very much so. And I think that, a lot of the times I don't like I'm into politics, but the way that some people are into it as in like, like idolize politicians for like doing their jobs or most of them don't even do their jobs. Mm-hmm. But like, and I was just talking to a friend about this too. There needs to be like an age cap because there's so many old people that are in just politics in general. Like I think, Joe Biden is like in his 80s or something or like late 70s, early mm-hmm. 80s. 
I'm like, there's no way you should be running a country right now. You are so old. Yeah. He was playing fetch with his dog and like broke his foot. And I'm like, <laughs> dude, <laughs> please sit down somewhere. I'm like, you have a country to run. You can't just be running around and stuff. Yeah. And um, I get that. And a big thing, another thing with like politicians is power. Yeah, so much. So much. Um, there was a show called Catch. It could have been something else, but it's where they catch like pedophiles and everything. Mm -hmm. And they actually discontinued the show because there was a Texas, uh, there was like a Texas politician and he got caught on there. And it's basically, it's a show where they get like cheaters. No pedophiles. No, no, no. But like, is it the show like cheaters? Yeah, it's like, kind of like cheaters. Like a That's yeah, crazy. except they do it with like pedophiles. And there was a, there was a Texas politician and he got caught and what he ended up doing, like use his power and got the whole show cut, shut down. So That's his, insane. Yeah, so it's crazy what power can do. That's insane, actually. That's so crazy. Yeah, it is. Oh, my goodness. That's crazy. Yeah, I I don't know what it is about politicians that people just, like, go insane for. But, like, if I see anybody that has just, like, any kind of, like, politician, like, I'm just like, you're a weirdo, I think. <laughs> like, I just honestly think that you're a weirdo. And it depends. Like, it doesn't even matter what side you're on. Mm -hmm. I just think that you're, like, a weirdo. Like if I so I live in Houston, so I'd take ninety on the way home and yeah. there's like hay bales and they're stagged and they're like they're made to look like Trump and it just has Trump twenty twenty on it and I'm like the election is over, but every time I drive home it's still the same thing. And I'm like You someone, still still see things like Trump twenty twenty four and twenty twenty five. It's insane that people like take so much time out of their day to like go out. So he went outside, got these hay bales, put them together, spray painted it orange. Like spray painted a face on it, and then wrote Trump twenty twenty on it, and I'm like, how much? You have so much free time to do this. Like, Literally. how how could you ever? I don't know what highway it is, but whenever I go home, I take some like country spiral <laughs> back yes. road. I'm talking like a road you don't want your car, you don't want to run out of gas. That's over what I'm, there. my dad is all my mom, my parents are always saying that do not run out of gas if you are going a back road yeah he, like i'm talking all of that and there's always past like this one house and it's just they got this big like why they have like this picket white fences around they got a trump they got a big trump flag they got a, they have a truck and it has a confederate flag on one side and a trump flag on the other and then it's, it's like covered in trump stickers that's and it's like like what has this man done for you to the point where you had to cover your truck I know. I'm and like, Trump stickers. This man, this he will never. He'll probably never meet you. And I. That's so. It's. I. I honestly can't even wrap my head around how much people and how much support that man had. Mm -hmm. I don't even think, regardless if it's like Trump, if anybody had that much support and like that much power over people, I would think that those people and him are both insane. Yes. So like, regardless if it's a Trump or like if it's someone else. The fact that so many people have so much, like, he had so much mind control, like the capital. And it was just straight ignorance, too. Honestly. And I was watching, I was on my couch watching them storm the, storm the Capitol. And they were on the news begging Trump to be like, tell them to stop. I'm like, this man has so much control over these people that I can't even, like, fathom. Like, I can't even understand that people storm the Capitol. Yeah. And I'm like, like what? And it's Americans that did that. It wasn't uh, someone from across the sea. One girl, that one lady was shot, and everybody's like, "She was a patriot doing stuff for her country." And it was no, like, she was breaking and entering, literally. And the and he told her like, "If you come through here, I'm gonna shoot you." Like I get it. I get it. it's like America's house or whatever. That's like their point that they were trying to make. But they also had COVID guidelines. It was closed at the time, I think. So she was breaking and entering. They were all breaking. They were the law. all breaking and entering. They were I breaking mean, the law. I'm like. Yeah. And there was either people to like to the extent there was people in like a like elect like um yeah. wheelchairs and everything, um, electric motor chairs. And it's like, how did you even get in there? <laughs> how did you even get in there? And then they got mad when they were on the no fly list. I'm like, yeah, because you shouldn't be you're lucky you're just on the no fly list and you're not in jail. Yeah. And then the FBI was like, We need y'all's help finding I'm like, there's a million videos out there. Just go and go and look. I'm saying y'all got all this technology, high tech stuff, taking like all the billions and millions of dollars that y'all use for like military and everything. Y'all exactly. ain't got nothing. Y'all can find them. <laughs> like, come on, bro. Honestly, y'all rather get, put all this money and all this technology than give like free health care to, uh, to people. That's 
America is so crazy to me. I, mm, let me tell you something. I said this in an earlier podcast, but it doesn't matter because it's, it's actually some crazy shit. <laughs> so um, in California, in one of these cities, there was um, like a, they were, the people were like, hey, due to COVID, you know what I'm saying? We're essential workers. So all like the stores, fast food in the city, they were like, we should be getting paid more because the cost of living and like uh, all the things that we have to deal with because of COVID. Because in California, it's like cut, like closed down. Only like food places are open and stuff like that. And so the city was like, okay, so yeah, all stores, you have to pay all your employees, the base pay or whatever you're paying them, three or $4 more. So they were like, okay, like that's fair. Kroger said, no. We're not going to do that. We're not going to pay y'all three, four dollars more. So then the city was like, you have to like you're in the city. So Kroger said, OK, close down the stores. <laughs> I was like, that's ridiculous. Corporate. That's corporate. For you. Yeah, that, that's corporate. That's was, insane to me. Yeah, that is insane. I was just like, bro, like that's that's actually crazy. Yeah, COVID is a whole nother conversation. It's. Um, I was meaning to ask, have you ever, like, had any, like, di- direct racism towards you from anybody? Oh, yeah. So, I work in Crosby, um, and I work kind of, like, in a medical setting. And I'll have people come in with, like, T-shirts on, you know, that are, like, there. I remember there was one guy who had a T-shirt on. He was, like, black lives don't matter, all lives matter. Mm-hmm. I was like, uh. and of course I got this guy. So he comes in and he's like, do you mind if I have someone that's white? And usually I'd be like, why? Why do you want someone that's white? Mm-hmm. But um, the person I was working for, I like walked out and I was like, yeah, let me see if I can find someone. And I remember because I wanted to cry. And the guy, like the owner person looked at me and he was like, you're in Crosby. You're going to meet ignorant ass people. Mm-hmm. You can either cry about it or let him continue to be ignorant and i was like i want to cry and he's like <laughs> he's like if you want to cry do not let him see you cry like don't give him that satisfaction that's what, yeah that's what yeah. they want to see so um he's like i'll go in there with you so he walks in there with me and then he's asked again he was like i asked for someone that's white and so the owner looks at it and he's like if you want someone that's white you can go find a different place mm-hmm. to take to take yourself and then he was like why would i do that and he's like why do you want someone that's white? You don't think that she's capable enough to do her job? And I was like, I am capable enough to do my job. <laughs> but it's stuff like that that just kind of like picks at you. Mm-hmm. And my mom is always telling me, you know, you're like you're going to meet ignorant people in your life. And even my professors here, because um, um, I had interpret for this church one time and it was right before elections. I know it was during elections because elections was like a week and a half long. Mm-hmm. And so on Sunday, he was like, he was praying. And I remember specifically, he was like, and pray for President Trump because I know this election is rigged right now. And when you're interpreting, you can't just be like, what did he just say? You yeah, have like, to keep going. Yeah, you have to keep going. You have to do exactly what they say. But it's all about kind of like your beliefs and like put, kind of putting it to the side to just get the message across and then just going about it like later and being like, I cannot believe I just said that out of my mouth right now. Literally, um, around whenever people were first starting kneeling, I was in high school and we were at a football game. So, of course, like our coach, I'm sure our coaches voted for Trump. They were like <laughs> all against it. But, you know, we had like probably, I want to say it was like 50 50, mm-hmm. like 50 uh, minority, like 50% minorities and 50 white people. Right. So then he was like, you know, if you want to kneel, I don't, he's, he said, like, if you want to kneel for the national anthem, we're not going to look ununiform. Either we all do it or none of us do it. So then, first of all, I'm already getting like, come on, bro. Like, you're really going to get on to us? Like, of course, not everybody's going to. He like, you know, dang well, not everybody's going to agree to that. Right. So then there was, like, a good amount of us that agreed. But it all it only took, like, those two, three yeah. diehard patriot yeah. people. They said, no, we're not going to we're not going to do it. And they refused to kneel. So that he was like, so we're not going to kneel. I'm like, why can't they do it? Majority rules. I'm saying, but he wasn't going for it. He was like, either he's like, even if one person says no, we're not going to do it. I was like, that's actually ridiculous. And then um, I remember there were these people 
um, that were also in the district, they were girls. They were um, color, not color guard. What's the other? Not color guard. Like the, the drill team. Drill, yeah, yeah. Say the one not the drill team. But the ones that throw the baton. No, they dress sometimes. They dress up as like cowgirls, depending on what school you go to. They wear hats. Like the dance team. Kind of like the dance team, but they're not the dance team. Like in my school, they were called the Royals. I think the drill, the drill team. Maybe, no? maybe it is drill team. I think it is drill team. But um, there were some girls that kneeled for that. And when I tell you, it was like citywide hate. Like they were on the news for kneeling uh, during the national anthem. Like people were, people were like really like, they, to the point where it's like, when you're at a football game, you're there for the, like, yeah, the drill team's there. Right. Ooh, like you take pictures and everything of the football players. People were taking pictures of the Royal, of like the color or drill team, marking out the girls that were kneeling, talking about some, the, this is my drill team. Oh my god! This gosh. is the drill team that I like. And I was just like, are you serious? It's crazy if like the deaf. just like the links that people will go yes. to like show it, it, it just blows me every time. Coming back to what I said before, like sometimes I can't believe that this is a life that like we're living in right now. Like mm-hmm. I still like don't fully understand like how is this happening and no one's doing anything about it. Yeah. And that people like back also back to what we were saying a while ago, people try to justify these dumb, exactly. like stupid things. Like the blue lives matter thing is the old. I just, they just I, want something to say. Honestly. Yes. And I was, I remember I was talking to this cop one time and um, I was like, so do you pull over people that have like the blue lives matter, like sticker on the back of the car? And he's like, yeah, I pull over everyone if they're like speeding or doing something wrong. And I was like, I feel like there's some cops that like if they see that, they're like, okay, I'm not going to pull them over or something. But I just, the whole like Blue Lives Matter thing, every time I hear it, it just like, it doesn't even, not even like as a rebuttal or anything, but like if I just see someone that has that sticker or like supports that movement, I'm like, do you honestly think that my life is equal to their job? Like that's Mm -hmm. an occupation. That's a job. Yeah. Like they can take their uniform off at any time. And I'm still, I'm still me. Mm-hmm. And I, you're still human. Exactly. And I'm like, I get that they have a job. My uncle's a cop. I understand their job. I don't know what they see every day. And I honestly don't want to see what they see every day. But I just feel like they have a responsibility to the community and the communities that they're supposed to quote unquote protect and quote unquote serve to be equal, mm-hmm. to be right. And I think that a lot of the times, um, some of the cops, especially in like small, like small towns or like small communities or even sometimes big communities, they get that power and they're just like, Ugh, yes, I am. What is that saying? It's like jury prosecutor and like judge or something. I, I don't you. know. It's like that. Like they want to play all these like different people and they just have like an abuse of power. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't understand how you can just like discriminate against people that you're supposed to quote unquote protect and serve mm-hmm. i'm like you take an oath you do all this training and stuff and you're still it blows my mind cops honestly just blow my mind yeah and honestly a big thing that i have noticed also is some black cops that be sometimes the black cops are the worst cops exactly because they just I, like um before um, you came in here, my friend, she was watching a video and I'm actually mad at myself because I can't remember what it was. Oh, it was the recent case with the girl who had the knife. Mm-hmm. And then all the dude, uh, there was a dude was recording him and he was like, oh, are you going to shoot me? He goes, are you going to charge me like with a knife? Oh, no, no. He said, are you going to shoot me like you did my daughter? He said, are you going to charge me with a knife too? Like people will steady mock these cases and think it's like, honestly think it's humorous. Like, this isn't someone's child. Yeah. Like, someone just lost their child. And there's been, like, videos of, like, even white cops mocking the George Floyd case. Yeah. Like, there was, like, I think there was, like, something in, I think, I want to say it's California. Someone sent, like, a joke around for Valentine's Day. It had, like, George Floyd's face on it. It was, like, you take my breath away. Mm-hmm. And they sent it to, like, all the cops. And I'm, like, y'all are so toned. Like, y'all are really tone deaf. That's insane. That is insane. Hold on. Okay. But keep going. Um, yeah, but people are just like so tone deaf about things like that. And I'm like, how I still blows my mind. It is such a it's such a it's sad because it's always such a touchy subject. Mm-hmm. 
especially depend especially depending on who you talk to about it. Oh, for sure. And I'm just like, this is what's going on right now. Like, how is this touching like, for you? How is this sensitive? Yeah, what? and they choose to try to ignore it. Yeah, it's like you can't ignore it. It's like honestly, no. They're like a lot. Of, I think I feel like a things that a lot of people do, Amer- um, as Americans, if it doesn't affect them directly, they don't, they care, don't care about it. it. And I forgot what it was, but um. It was a news anchor. I forgot his name. It was a white man news anchor. He said white people aren't going to wake up and realize what's going on until Someone's their kids are out there getting kids. killed. Yes. Chris Como said that. I think, what, was, hey, what is he on? I think he's on CNN. Yeah, I just, I just saw that. And I was like, honestly, yes. Yes. And even like, and here's the thing, because even when it does happen, They'll still be like, oh, so his life didn't matter? You say black lives matter, but his life didn't matter? I thought all lives matter. I'm like, we're not saying that they don't. Because your life, but your life isn't equal to mine. Exactly. Like, we, yeah, we may go through the same life, but depending on what skin color you are, you get treated a different way. Totally different. So, like, I have my different experiences being black, but my friend Sarah... She has been an American. She was born here. But when 9-11 happened, people were telling her to go back to her country. Yeah. Or like they were asking her dad if, you know, he was in New York. I'm like, this is, it's so insane because a lot of people don't understand that like this is our country. I'm like, no, it's not. Like. This is the white man's country. We, but they stole it. This isn't yeah. the country. They've literally stolen everything mm-hmm. to make America the way it is. And they made a holiday out of a man who did who did genocide. Uh, raped went raped. Literally so insane to me because they're and I ugh, it just makes me so mad because like sometimes they'll be like, Mexicans, they need to come the right way or don't need to come at all. Mm-hmm. But you're over there at Papado's eating queso and Lebanon tacos. I'm like, you realize that half the shit that's here today would not be here if it wasn't if, from people. Quote from unquote, countries. people stayed in their own countries. Literally. I'm like, you wouldn't even be here. Do you honestly think this? Is, hey, you're in Europe. <laughs> you need to go back to Europe where you came from. Literally. I'm like, you think you're from here? None of us are from here. We just know. so happened to end up here because y'all took us on y'all's way here. And like a lot of people, like I don't even think they understand that. Like they just thought that. Oh, my grandparents are from here. Okay, my grandparents are from here too. Like, we're all of our grandparents are from here. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't understand. Like, a lot of people are just, and I love when people are like, oh, "I'm undocumented. I got into law school and stuff," because I just saw that on Twitter. But it scares me because I'm scared that someone's gonna report them and then get them deported. Yeah. And that, like, that's like my genuine fear because I'm so proud of people that come here. Like. Not proud of people that come here undocumented, but that are undocumented and still have the same chances and opportunities as someone that is documented. Mm-hmm. Because you wouldn't know if I'm documented or not. I wouldn't. Exactly. And a lot of people are like, we need border control and stuff. But they only think about like Mexican borders, but don't think about Canadian borders. Like every time someone talks about like, we need stronger borders or border control because these Mexicans keep slipping in. And I'm like. If anything, honestly, if you think about it, they're, what are you getting mad at? They're not even doing anything. If anything, they're helping like they're they're they, they've been they helping. take all the jobs that that, that honestly don't want. most of them most people don't want yeah they're in the field and they're making good money doing exactly it. like and i'm not saying that all the people that come to america are good people because i'm pretty sure there are you Some know there's people. still like drug cartels there's still mm-hmm. bad things that happen in america but i guarantee there's bad stuff that happens everywhere but i uh, another thing that pans into like um kind of something like that I feel like white people, or at least where I'm from, uh, white people get mad whenever like opportunities are given, like uh, like equal opportunities are given. For, so, for example, um, before there was a whole bunch of white people that lived where I was at. So then, um, more neighborhoods being built. There was a. I'm trying. I don't want to come off as offensive or anything. I don't know what it's called, but it's like an the what um, the Indians the, the religion. There was like they had a they had like a church or a chapel. I don't know what they call it. Uh, sorry if I offend anybody. Um, I don't know. But I don't know what it's called. But it was like right next to a, um, a neighborhood. So whole bunch of there's a big there's like, so there's a big Indian population that kind of came into our area, and you know there of course with that um, they got jobs around and everything. Right. And so there's this one white lady and she got mad. Her daughter's known for being racist, so you already know like. <sighs> 
the mama gonna be racist. The mama literally went on Twitter and was like, we need to get these Indian people out of here. They're taking our jobs and, and our opportunities. And it's like, it's equal opportunity. They're just exactly. doing it better than you. Honestly. I, and we see this a lot also like, um, in like deaf communities too, because um, a lot of the time when you're talking about like uh, American Sign Language, like teaching jobs, they usually want to give them to, um, it's looked down upon when hearing people take ASL teaching jobs, but our teachers and our professors are always like, it's equal equal opportunity. You get the same interview that they get and whoever just has the best, you know, resume, best experience and stuff gets the job. Mm-hmm. And it's so insane that because sometimes it is equal opportunity, but sometimes it's completely not equal opportunity. Yeah. Like, and that goes into race, gender, um, ethnicity, yeah. you know, the only uh, I think the best opportunity when it comes to uh, pretty much anything was be a white man. Exactly. And then unfortunately white women. Yeah. But women itself is like a completely different thing because I was just thinking about it the other day like no equal pay um maternity leave. You know, you don't get paid as much when you go on maternity leave, which is absolutely insane to me because we have to I don't think you don't. I don't think understand, men understand that women have to carry like an entire child yeah. inside. Like they have to grow a baby, and you have to push it out exactly. And, and you can die. You take birth care too. of it. That's a whole another conversation because black women and women minority women and people of color are dying at a significantly higher rate than white women when they have kids. To me, I feel like I could be wrong. I don't know like the statistics, but I honestly do feel like black women are probably the most oppressed in the, in our country. Absolutely, and I was just. I was going to ask you, like, how, like, how do you feel or like your your uh, take on that topic? Like, have you gone like Do you think you've, you like, do you, have you ever felt oppressed and everything or just your overall opinion on that? I think I was so oppressed, but that's just because I'm black. <laughs> but I think and that, a feminist. that's true. And a woman in general. Yeah. It's it's weird, I think, like just being a woman in general. But I think being like a black woman, you always have to wonder, like. Ooh, does he like black girls? Does this mm-hmm. black man like black girls? And like, it's so sad to say, but like a lot, I was just watching this video and it was loving hip hop, which is not a credible source, but <laughs> she was talking about how black women have to take care of the children and support black men and make sure that they're good and make sure that they're strong and healthy and that they've eaten and all this stuff. But no one wonders about if the black woman is okay. Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn, she's right. I'm yeah. like, no one ever wants to check up on a black woman. And I'm not saying that black, you know, women or black men don't go through anything, but a woman is always going to make sure that her man's okay. But sometimes it's not the other way around. Yes. And, and, um, and oftentimes like black men, whenever they feel like they're going through something or like say like their wife, like something's going on, their wife's going through something, black men or Men in general, I also do feel like they feel like their wives are constantly complaining. Yeah. And then they'll like, you know, and um, that often relates to like cheating. Right. Divorces. I'm going to go find someone who's not going to complain as much as you. Yeah. Like, for example, man, I honestly do hope I pray never to be like this man. My dad is a spitting image of that. Ugh. There was like a rocky. I don't I don't know the full story because I don't because it's like a taste subject for my mom. I don't right. know if she wants to always talk about it, but they. They, um, I guess they were they were going through stuff. You know, he was he was in the MOB at the time, so you know he's making money. He's away from us. My mom got tired of traveling. We used to travel with him all the time. Mm-hmm. So um, while he was out there doing like uh, practicing games, we stayed at the, we stayed at the house. Right. She took care of us. She made sure we were okay. She made sure you know we went to school. We went to like a top school. Well, I went to a private school and everything at the time. He ended up um, having an affair. And he left my mom to be with a white woman. Mm. And I despise her. I never liked her. They're still together? Yeah, they're still together. They have a child, too. Mm. And oftentimes, it's like she doesn't support him. He doesn't, he, she's not always there like my mom was. Right. And oftentimes, he like go back to her, like talk to her, be like, oh, I need this, I need this. She's like, listen, I'm not going to show you the same like comfort and everything that you once had with me because you know, you're with her now. Right. And honestly, I do feel like my mom use that as like fuel like first like her being a black woman in in our society in today's society uh divorced the way she didn't have she she was a stay-at-home mom no degree 
none of that. So she worked her ass off. She worked. She raised two kids. Um, she went to school too, and now she's making like, well, like good money now. Good money out yeah. there in California. I mean, she supports me. all the way from California. She supports me here. I mean, I don't want to say I'm spoiled, but I'm I'm pretty spoiled. I'm not even gonna <laughs> I'm not even gonna lie to you. I'm You're pretty blessed. spoiled. Yeah, I'm very blessed and fortunate. And I use her as like my um, motivation because yeah. just seeing how where we from where we came from, like um, food stamps and all. I mean, every family struggles, right. of course. But like considering how um, how like quick she like flipped the switch was like, hey, okay, nobody's gonna take care of us but me. Right. So I'm gonna get it by myself, no means. And she doesn't ask for handouts. She doesn't take handouts. She tells me, don't take handouts. You can do this shit on your own. I did it. All odds were against her. Right. So I praise her. Honestly, me too. It's, yeah, but that's a complete different mindset. Some people have a completely different mindset from that. Like, mm -hmm. some people will take the handouts, or not even take handouts, but just not do anything. Rely just, on the handouts. Exactly. Just go do whatever you want. And, you know. Praise to her because she didn't go back to him. She didn't beg him to take care of your kids and mm -hmm. beg him to come back and beg him for twenty dollars to make sure you y'all had some food on the table. She did her own thing. Period. <laughs> <laughs> Love her for that. Nah, but my mom is always my mom has always told me from day one, if you're going to walk with a man, walk with him equally. If he starts to fall behind and keep falling behind don't go backwards in your life to go and get him to try to push him forward you, you can only do so thing. much exactly and that's exactly exactly what you keep saying you know like my mom and dad they met here got engaged got married mm -hmm. and then moved to houston and she's always telling me you know it's okay to have a boyfriend it's okay to find like the love of your life but get your education first yes so she went to go she went back to get her master's after she had my brother, then she was doing that at the same time. Then she got her doctorates and was pregnant with me. So she was going through a doctoral program while having two kids, both under the under the age of two. Mm -hmm. And she was like, that was the hardest shit I've ever done in my life. And I would never do that. Like, I've never do that again. And I don't want that for you. I want you to continue your education for as long as you want before you decide to settle down and have a family. Because you're, you as an individual is you alone. But once you bring a husband in there, that's both of y'all. Y'all share everything. And then kids. And then when you bring a kid, you don't have anything for yourself. You're literally pouring everything you have. It's just more like responsibility. Exactly. To your husband and to your kids. Now, I'm not the, at that stage of my life where I want to have a kid because I can't. I'm Or or husband. I can't understand yeah. waking up to the same person every day. But <laughs> I think once I get past that part of my life. I mean, we're young, too. I don't even. Exactly. And, There's so much I want to do without someone. Yeah. Always like on your neck asking exactly. where you are and everything what am I else doing? like that. And exactly. I mean, like everyone else, everyone feels lonely at times right. and has their moments. But at the same time, it's like when it comes to like love and everything, I feel like it should happen naturally, never forced. Exactly. If it's meant that like some, somebody's going to come eventually. But sometimes it's hard because I think that our generation now is so obsessed with just like hooking up, finding someone just that too. Yeah. And posting it. Mm -hmm. And I used to, I'm I've used to do this all the time. My ex from high school, I would always make him post me on Wednesdays. Like the woman <laughs> crush Wednesdays. You remember that? <laughs> yeah. I used to always make him get on his ass at 12.01 AM. Be like, post me. 12 1. Post me. It's woman crush Wednesday. And then we broke up and I was so alone. Like I literally did not leave my room mm -hmm. for like two weeks. I was just crying in my bed, bawling my eyes out because I missed him so much. And I felt like I was empty without him. And now I'm just like, I don't need anybody to tell me anything. Like, I thank you for the compliment, compliments, but I know this already. Love yourself first. Exactly. Like I always I, put you, I always like, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you no, off. No, you're fine. Um, I always say like, put yourself first. Exactly. And as bad as it sounds, like even in relationships, put yourself oh. first. Because I mean, you never know what's going to happen. You never exactly. know if it's going to last or anything. So, I mean, I'm not saying always like just be selfish, but like, always like whenever it came to me before like with my ex and everything yeah i like i was selfless sometimes but it was always i'm gonna put in i'm putting my responsibilities i'm putting my, like i'm gonna go to football practice i'm gonna go to football workouts i'm gonna do recovery first before you right i'm gonna, I'm gonna put my school books before you right and one thing that she she'd always put like me before her like before her school work and mm -hmm. i tell her like no you need to do your schoolwork first. You need to focus on school you need to focus on you i was the same way always do you before me and i tell her that but I feel the same way too. I feel like 
that's a big thing that everyone like people always want to rely on one person or something. And was, another big thing is that goes into that. Like, yeah, they want to rely on one person, but they also don't want to label <laughs> because they're afraid to be hurt. Because, yeah. I mean, we're also in a yeah, everybody wants to buy. We're also in a generation where everybody cheats. Exactly. And I think that it's OK to like feel like it's you're scared to jump into something because you're going to get hurt. But my ex used to always tell me this is my ex from like a couple like a, oh, a year ago in a couple of months. But he always used to tell me, like, your happiness is yours. You need to remember that, because regardless of what happens in the future, um, even if you get hurt, you should enjoy what's happening right now and then just kind of deal with that shit whenever it happens. And so, like, I always have to remember that, like, this is my happiness. I'm the one that has complete control over it. I can't jump into anything, whether that's friendships, relationships, anything, without being happy with myself first, without being, like, content and satisfied with myself. Because I can't go looking for happiness in someone else mm -hmm. and expect to find it because you're only going to end up more hurt. What's your next question? I feel like we're not, we're not even on topic. Um, stereotypes put on black people by white folks. Um, I think the biggest one um, that you that really I'm trying to find like a stereotype that we could probably both go on, or at least for like black men, of course, it's going to be. Um, there's thugs there. Yeah. Hood, like even my neighbors, or the, not my neighbor, the people that I stay with, I had to check her twice. Once I was in, listen, middle school. My podcast knows I told them about this already, but middle school, bro, I went on vacation with them and they're taking pictures. And you know, this was probably like 2013, 2012. Okay. So everybody take a picture. I put up a peace sign. She's like, put the gang sign down. Why are you throwing up gang signs? <sighs> I am. 13 years old and it was so like even her younger son that's like three four years younger than me would be like it's a peace sign yeah like, it's not it's not a gang sign and another thing would be like um of course like even though i stay with them known for years um i'm like taught to respect their home so i'm gonna ask if i can have my friends over so she's like yeah you can bring your thugs over to your face to my face i was like they're not thugs like we were, were i was like we're in frisco like I had to, I real life had to check her on that, and she and she was like, "No, I'm just playing, you know." And they I always come, are just playing. I come from, you know, I I was around like predominantly black and Latino people, and it's like, okay, then you should know not to say shit like that. <laughs> That's so insane. We actually had like um, a conversation about this in my interpreting <laughs> class for some odd reason, but uh, my friend who's white. He was, we were talking about a license to carry because I was telling him that I want to get my license. And oh, you're talking about uh, yeah, the gun, yeah, 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 the gun. And he was like, Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I have mine too. And it like just automatically made me think like, when you see like black people that have guns, you automatically assume that they're like in a gang or like, or it's an illegal gun, yeah, or like it's violent. And I'm like, What if they actually have the license to carry? Because when you see white people that have guns, whether they're hunting or doing anything you automatically assume nothing. Mm -hmm. Like, you're like, okay, cool, whatever, he has a gun. Mm -hmm. But, like, you see, and I was on Twitter, which made me think about it, um, Dante Wright, mm -hmm. there was a picture of him, and then the picture next to him, was he had, like, a gun in his picture. And they were like, this is the Dante Wrights that they're not showing you. I'm like, he's, first of all, he was in an open carry state, mm -hmm. so he could carry if he wanted to. But a lot of the time, when people associate black people with guns, they automatically assume it's something negative, whether it's drugs, gangs, or something. But when they see white people with guns, they're just like, they're hunting. Or it's just their handgun. It's whatever. They're protecting themselves. Exactly. It's their Second Amendment right. Mm -hmm. And I'm, and I had to like make that clear because a lot of times when we're talking about our amendments, they only are focused to white people yes. and not necessarily to black people or any other American, yes. to be fair. So I was, so basically I was like, so the Second Amendment right shouldn't apply to us is like what a lot of people are saying basically saying yeah and i'm like that doesn't make any sense because uh, how i'm an american citizen he's an american citizen we're all american citizens so why does your rights not apply to us why do we not all follow the same rights mm -hmm. so it's just it's insane when it comes to like open and carry i even thought about like getting a gun and everything but it's like i'm real 
sketchy on it. Yeah. I can understand you more because you're like you're a black woman and everything. Right. You need it for protection more. Like you're more um, vulnerable than right. me. You know, what I'm saying like I can walk outside at like 8 p.m. by myself. You can't. Yeah. And everything. Um, but like, there's so many cons that outweigh the pros when it comes to having. When that. it comes to me having one, like I could simply, like even like. I could, you know, have a traffic stop and be like, yeah, I have a gun. It could be in my lap, visible, hands up. I could be shot yeah. right then and there. And then they're going to say he had a gun on him, even if I announce it before he even comes to the vehicle and, or anything. Yeah. So, like, I just feel like even if I wanted to um, conceal it in my vehicle, even if I'm, like, telling them, like, hey, you grab it, I'm not grabbing it, say, like, anything happened. They could say no, and then I go to hand it and to them, and I get killed. Like there's so many things like that, and I think another thing that goes with the whole associating um, negative, like the negative associations, um, and let me know if I'm like reaching with this one, because I, <laughs> I know you will, and okay. I and I that's the reason why I have you on here because I know you you'll check me no matter what. There's sometimes where there's people young like um, our age, they wanna they they think it's a flex to be to be a gangster. Oh, absolutely. They think it's a flex to you know, have a gun and everything. So you see people, even like people from where I'm from, like Frisco, there's no gangs. One of like the, one of like the wealthiest cities in in Texas. And you got people, you got people, they want to be, they want to deal drugs. They want to go on Snapchat and take pictures with guns, wave their guns and everything. And it's like, bro, you do you understand the type of um, image that you're putting on yourself and us as a community doing right. that? Like you were seeing people, like I have a homeboy, he moved here probably sixth grade. He could be from Oklahoma. He was the kid that sat in the front of class, all AP classes, like going up. Um, he probably left my, he moved probably my sophomore year of high school. He moved to Sherman. But growing up in middle school, he sat in the front of class. He was like that annoying, smart kid, like kind of like a teacher's pet. Yeah. And now all of a sudden he deal drugs. He got all these guns. He talked about, I'm from the gutter. People don't know about my struggle I've been through. And it's like, bro, you were the same kid that's blessed. Your mama drives like an updated Escalade. Your parents have money. You drive a nice truck and all of a sudden you from the hood and you all you knew was struggle. It's like, bro, where did this come from? Their other friends struggle. They took their other friends struggle and made and it their own. Literally. And it's like half the times it's like one kid struggled. Exactly. And uh, and uh, and it's like half the time he do he doesn't even come off like that, but you want to think it's a flex and you want to fit in with him. You want to fit in where he came right. from and you want to do all this and that. And another thing that honestly bothers me a lot is people like to, people think it's a flex that they were broke. People think it's a flex that they were, at least where I'm from. I don't know if you can relate, but oh. people think it's something where it's like, oh, I went through this. I know the struggle. So that's all I know. But it's like, bro, your parents brought you to Frisco. I have a homeboy. We went to, we, I've been going to school with him since elementary school. And it's like, okay, he's from Gary, Indiana. It's not the best place. Okay, your parent, yeah, your mom struggles out here, but she's struggling so you can live a better life. Right. Your mom's a nurse. She wants you to live a better life than her and everything. Make like, you know what I'm saying? But he wanna he wanna deal drugs and everything. It's like, bro, your image that you're putting on yourself, it's a negative image. And you wonder why some people look at you the way that you do. Exactly. And I, and I tell him him this straight up, like how it is, and he gets mad at me. And me personally. Like I said, I'm going to put myself first. I want to, like, I have aspirations to right. make. Right, you want to succeed. I want to succeed. I want to do good. I want to um, make my mama proud and everything. What you're doing, like, yeah, we're, we were best friends. I used to ride. I used to do everything with you. I used to, you know, be, nah, I want to, okay, not say be in the streets, but I, I used to <laughs> I used to smoke all the time. I used to do yeah. bad stuff. And I was like, this isn't the life that I want to live. So I had to cut you off right. and he's, and he feels like I betrayed him. And I crossed him for that. And it's like, no, you're living a life that I don't want to live. Exactly. And how I, are you in this nice place? And you want to live like this. You should want more for yourself. Right. I, it's the same way, basically in my hometown too. It's, I, it kind of gets to the point where like, you see like how they were in high school. And it's like, you weren't the same person that you were when you were in high school. I have this one friend and his mom was a cop. And he was the nicest guy I've ever met. He got in a car accident and then he kind of started hanging out with like the wrong type of, I guess the wrong quote unquote type of people. Mm -hmm. And now he's just like smoking all the time and has like guns and stuff. And 
I'm not going to knock anybody for, you know, selling because my ex used to sell, but he also worked two other jobs trying to put himself through college. He graduated in three years. You got to get how you live. With the physics, exactly, with a physics degree, which was hard. I don't understand how he did that, but he literally worked his ass off and he just like, the two jobs weren't doing enough, so we had to sell. And I'm not, you know, that's. I honestly don't think anybody should be in prison for a week. Exactly. Like, it's not my it's not, I would never do it, but I'm not going to knock someone else for doing it if that's how what you need to do to survive. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I feel like if that's if your only hustle is selling, selling drugs and then, you know, posting guns and stuff on your Snapchat, like you're just like the hardest person that's ever walked the street. Like, ah, you have guns. I know. But and then like a week later, the post like that their friend is dead because he was shot up by another person and it's like long live so-and-so he like in these and i don't think what they don't understand is like they're only they're only living to like 22 and 23 tops and i'm like is this really the life you want to live you just want to end up on a t-shirt in somebody's like room when you post things or a hashtag saying long live so-and-so for life yeah when you join gangs and you act and you do this like these types of things like you have to understand this is what comes with that. Exactly. And I don't think that the, they honestly like have connected that with them, like with their thoughts. Because every time I used to talk to him, I used to talk to him um, every time I came home and we used to go out to lunch and he would say, oh, you know, I'm going, you know, I'm going to my community college. Like I'm getting my stuff done. I'm trying. And then my mom had a, my mom's a professor at mm-hmm. one of the, at one of the um, community colleges. And he, she would call me and be like, He's not coming to class. He's not doing anything. He's always skipping. He's not turning in any work. And I'm like, you had this goal that you wanted to do this. You wanted to drive like the trucks and stuff, like the long like, uh, 18-wheelers. Yeah. That was what he was passionate about. Like, that's really what he wanted to do. But like, once you start hanging out with those like type of people that don't have the same goals, same aspirations, same mindset as you, you start to change your own mindset. Like, you're right. I don't need this. I'm making so much good money mm-hmm. doing what I do now. And I don't know, have you ever seen the crack cocaine documentary on Netflix? No, but I think you told me about that. Yes, it is so good. Um, they were, there was a bunch of like older people now, but when they were younger, they were selling like crack cocaine. And this one guy was saying, why would I like work at McDonald's for like $3 an, an hour when I can sell crack for like 20, you know, 20 bucks a pop and stuff mm-hmm. and get all this money. And he was like, my goal at first was to get out of the hood. But the money was just so good. I had to like stay. And I was like, I can. But here's the thing. I can understand those kind of mindsets Mm -hmm. because money is power. Like what you were saying. Yeah. And once you have it, you just want to keep getting it. Mm -hmm. Like you don't want to make the change and move. But that's just the mindset these people have. So you have to surround yourself with people who have the same mindset, the same goals, the same not even like the same end goal, but the same goal. Like I'm going to go to college, get my degree. You have to hang around those type of goal oriented people. or you are going to end up like that. For sure. And uh, going off of that, my mom really was the one that really opened up my eyes. Hold on. Cause this is about to be a story. Well, like I say, my mom really opened up my eyes whenever I was hanging around with my friend that I was telling you about that I'm no longer friends with. Um, you know, he used to always like laugh, talk about, oh, I failed this. My grades is this. My grades is that. And I used to talk about, oh, I want to do this whenever I'm older. I want to do this. You know, I'm going to go to college. He's like, bro, you too dumb for that. You know what I'm saying? Like one of my goals, it still is a goal. I want to, you know, at least I want to go to the NFL. I want to make it to the league. And right. I'd talk about that and be like, he'd be like, bro, you're not going to do that. And I honestly believe him. And it's probably, um, for I hung out with him for like a good period of time. Um, one thing I do struggle with is self-confidence yeah. sometimes. And especially when it comes to the field, and I think that kind of piggies back off of that, off of like hanging around with him versus like, okay, I cut him out of my life. I want, and I start getting better friends and someone who really opened my eyes um, is like my, my ex. Yeah. And she really, uh, besides like my, my mom, my family, she really opened up my eyes and showed me, oh, you're actually worth something. Mm-hmm. You're worth more. You can do way more. Your mom tells you this all the time. I believe in you. Yeah. And, and so that was really like the first person that really showed me, hey, you're, you're, your life has value. You're going to be something in life. You're going to be great. Continue and do and really kept me on track. Because, I mean, of course, people have, I don't know about you. I'd be having thoughts like, damn, this shit. 
this shit ain't worth it. Is it, is it worth it no. going into all this day? Is it really worth it? You're like, yes, you set your mind, you set your uh, mind on something and you're going after it and you want to make your mom proud, don't you? Okay, so let's let's get through this. Yeah, let's take it to one day at a time. Yeah. Because so, you get to week like, what, eight or nine, you're like, this isn't even worth it. I'm ready to go home. Literally. I'm not trying to do no more homework. Because it's, especially when COVID hit and you're sitting in front of your computer for classes and classes and you're like, this is not what I want to do with my life anymore. But mm-hmm. you got to have those people in your life that are like, I keep you motivated. Yeah, this is your end goal, isn't it? Mm-hmm. This is just one of the steps that you have to take. Yeah. My mom is like that. I think another big thing um, is like, oh, what's the word? Oh, sometimes you have to take criticism. Yeah. And it's like me, I'm all for direct criticism. Like, oh, I messed up. Tell me what I need to work on mm-hmm. so I can know. I'm, yeah. And some people, they don't take that lightly. And they'll no. literally cut you out, cut you out their life because you tried to help. And I feel like if, if I'm your friend, I should be telling you. Yeah. Like I wouldn't be your friend if I if I'm not giving you uh, something. If I'm right. always on your like if I'm always ca- uh, holding your pocket, you know, yeah. behind you. I'm, I wouldn't be your friend if I tell you you're wrong. I wouldn't be your friend if I tell you you're tripping. You need to get back on track. Do what you need to do. Yeah, because that's another thing with my major. It's always constant feedback. Mm-hmm. So our teachers are always like write down stuff that you feel like you need to work on, and then other people are going to tell you what you need to work on. And sometimes it's like, so you're saying I suck. <laughs> Is that what you're trying to tell me that I suck? But um, no, but the, what their like end goal was trying to like teach you is that you're going to mess up. Like you're not perfect. And one of our like mentors, her name is Audrey. She's always saying, do the best that you can do today. Your best today might not be the best like for you tomorrow, but just give 110% today like that's all you can do as long as you did your best today that's all that matters because your best today may be completely different from your best in a week but you take you know what you need to learn and what you need to you know what your mistakes are and you figure it out you learn how to not make the same mistakes twice and then you keep going and that's how you get better so like yeah you good friends are going to tell you like that was wrong We're, and, and i think a lot of people Sometimes it just say it in front of a lot of like other people. So mm-hmm. it's like, you need to do this better because you suck at this. Like, no, like pull me to the side and be like, I yeah, think that you should work on this because I wouldn't want someone to tell me like, oh, no, you did great. Because I'm going to keep doing the same thing that I've been doing since you told me that I did good. Mm-hmm. But if you tell me, and I think that's why I like hanging out with Sarah a lot because we're always like, you did this good, but I think that you could have done this better. Y'all the same major, right? Eight, no, she's a year older than me. She's 22. No, same major. Oh, major. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're the same major. And we both we both kind of have the same end goal, which is why we hang out a lot and um, That's kind good. of like balance ideas off of each other. But yeah, we're very, we're not very focused when we get together. But when we do sit down and like work our stuff out, it's mm-hmm. kind of like that. It's like, how would you do this? Okay, I would do it this way. Why would you do it this way? Mm-hmm. And we just kind of constantly pick each other's brains about concepts and words and how you can find something better or do it differently. And that's always amazing, especially like finding people who can one, motivate you and two, have the same end goal. Exactly. Like here, yeah, I play football. We all want to do do things, but yeah. a lot of people here, they don't, they don't want to go to, they, they just here for their education. They don't yeah. think they're going to make it. I go back home and I, I'm with, I'm working with people who are either were in the league, trying to get to the league, are in the league, or they're like me trying to get into the league. Yeah. And they're like, <laughs> And they're helping me out. We're always helping each other, like always working out to, with each other. And I mean, sometimes, of course, I get a little nervous going out there because I sometimes like I've been I've been here for so long. They're out there working now. I feel yeah. a little rusty or something. You know, they're they give me feedback. They're like, OK, you need to do this, but you need to work on this. And it's like I feel content. I feel good out yeah. there working with them. And after a while, it just becomes like something like supernatural and easy like mm-hmm. hey this kind of felt weird did i do this right or can you tell me how to do this better because i saw the way you did it and i really liked it yeah so can you tell me like and like i think like a couple years ago y'all couldn't tell me anything i would have been like no <laughs> no and we have people like that in our major that's like no i do this right you're just wrong yeah but like now it's like i don't take any like judgment or like feel negative about myself when people tell me that i do something wrong because it's just another opportunity for me to like understand and learn. Understand and yeah. like learn from it. And I think it just depends on how much you love it. Yeah. And how much you want to do it. Mm-hmm. Because I love sign language so much. 
that like someone can like tell me like my professional walk in tell me right now you suck and this is what you need to do better and i'll be like "Uh Mm uh-huh uh-huh wait what do i need to do better (laughs) okay okay i'll do this but it just depends on how much you want it and how much you love it yeah for sure and um i think I think honestly with any profession, if you want to go far and whatever you're pursuing or your profession, you should always be open to feedback from exactly. anybody. And it's not necessarily saying you have to take it, right. but it's still good to hear it. Right. Like I can mess up on a play or I can make the play and be like, like there's sometimes in games, I'll make the play be like a good job, but you need to work on your footwork. And it's like, I'm not trying to hear that. I'm trying to be <laughs> congratulated. Like, I made right. the play, but it's, it's good to hear. Okay. I made the play. But there could have been a circumstance if, if say something else happened, and I didn't do the right footwork. I could have not. I could have been a bit of bust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just simple things like that. Yeah. But I think we're gonna wrap it up here. Okay, here great. For like an hour. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs>